0: A day yesterday where you ran a lot of plays. How do you assess how Bill O'Brien and Mac looked communication-wise running the offense? Yeah, you know, it's just a teaching process for all of us. So all the players and you know again, coaching staff. We got to get back into, into coaching and teaching and so forth. So it's you know we're, we all have something to work on out there, players, coaches, all of us. Bill Belichick on communication between Mac and Bob. It's teaching. It's teaching. It time. is. It is teaching time. You buy that? Is that a honest, genuine answer from Bill B. Hoodsworth, or was that deflecting a little bit? No, because I think, like, what else could he say? Because it, it, it's not physical. It's it's probably the least physical. You actually get irritated when you've been training and working out, and then camp starts because, like, you, you know, you don't work out as much, and it's, you're not. You know, it's almost like the practice takes away your time to train in a way well okay. i i it feels like Bill made it about the whole offense and all of the coaches versus Mac and Bill O'Brien, which was the question. I think the most important thing when you' just listening to him when it comes to teaching, like all the buzzwords teaching, communication. Like what would be the most important, and and then like, hey, are you even getting anything about uh, out of these practices? Lots of teams are canceling them. Top five things on the board: yeah. five things the Patriots didn't have last year. Yeah. Ding ding, yeah, ding, ding, right. Ding. That'd be a good. That'd be all a good the buzzwords. Topic. Um, so, I would say that like if I'm Mac, I just want to understand like his like Bill O'Brien's mannerisms, his nonverbal cues, uh, his tone. Um, you know, just all that stuff. Like, because eventually I want to share the same brain. I want to be looking for the same thing, looking as we're looking at the same thing and know what the, the answer is to the test and the why you want to coach on the field in a lot of ways at that you spot. have to be. Yeah. So I remember last year there was like one of the things that he got criticized for, which I thought was just hysterical was that, he had the balls to ask why. He had the balls to say, can you explain to me why we're doing this? How dare you, Mac Jones? Which I would say I have always wanted to know. I I, I just don't like why. Because I feel like you're, you're in such a, a safer place if you know why a coach is calling a play and what they're trying to do. Because it's going to break down. Crap's going to happen, and now you'll know why and then how to get the hell out of it. Like, you really, your job as a quarterback is not only just to run the stupid play, but is to save it when they call the wrong play. There you go. That's exactly right. So I want to know why. Like, hey, there's no, I mean, so to me, it wasn't arrogant. It wasn't, you know, uh, entitled. It was like basic quarterback you know, you know, philosophy. Well, apply that rule to everyone's job at work listening. So so, if you're listening right now, you might be watching us on YouTube. You might be seeing us on Twitch, listening to us on the Odyssey app, listening to us on the radio. You're out doing your job. Don't you have an idea at your workplace of the 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 why you're doing something? The whatever it is that you want to... If you're a mailman, if you're like our guy Dice, there's mail to be delivered. What is the why? Why? People need their mail. They need those gimmicks that come in the mail called bills. They need their checks. They need things delivered. And, uh, yeah, that's a very simplistic explanation. But a lot of people at work will normally ask why or where are we going with this? What is the end game? If we have conversations with Ken, you know, we'll ask, Okay, well, what's the intent here? What do you want to get out of this? Like we're putting together the pregame. And it's the what do we want? How do we want to do it? You're asking those kinds of questions. I think it's very normal and very natural. But Phil Belichick was more loyal to a guy who couldn't do the job than the kid asking the questions. And now, Christian, it feels like all of that is water under the bridge. Hey, Billy O's here. He's running the offense. He's going to max our quarterback. You know, like, Bill took away the a lot of the questions that there were about who was going to be the guy. Yeah, and I'll even say it's, it should be. You should really have that mentality at every position. Mm-hmm. The, the more I understood what the coach was trying to do, the better I was as, as an offensive player, understanding blocking schemes, route progressions, because if I know how things are supposed to go and what we're trying to do, I instantly recognize, oh, I'm screwed up. I shouldn't be over here because they're trying to do this. Hey, they're trying to work this backside, like, you know, dig concept. And holy crap, I'm in the way. I ran my route too far inside. I should have taken an outside release. I, oh, I was going too far downfield. I should have cut. Oh, I, could, I know, well, I can't be in this area. Instead of just blindly running the stupid route, because that's what that's what you call like that's when you start really becoming advanced. Well, and you Even, start to hear, be a football player. You can't be a football player if you aren't educated on what you're running. And I would say most players coming out of college only know their job, mm-hmm. like the and, and and that's just were you not, like that? Well, for the most part, because you know it's the the, the college offense is so basic. It's we had a our, our run plays were. Eight and nine, right? (laughs) It was like eight to the right. So you ran outside zone. Yeah, it was real simple. You know, and our plays were real easy, too. There was not much creativity. But when you got to the league, I remember, like, this specifically, like, with Charlie Weiss, and is, like, he would really get on guys for not knowing why. Like, why do you think we're doing this? It's a rhetorical question. (laughs) And then he would give you the answer. Right? And I was like, wow, like, I usually don't give a crap. But, man, like, now... I can sit there and yell at Brady for doing it wrong. Or I can be like, oh, I know what he's doing because I know how it's supposed to work and what our danger areas are, so I, I'm getting the hell out of this. I know he's seeing it too. That's, that's next-level, high-end, PhD-level route running like that Brady has with all his best receivers. It's not that they can't run routes. It's not that they're not fast. They just don't understand where to go. When you hear people talk about offensive concepts... That is what Christian just broke down for the players. And last year, we had heard about outside zone, outside zone, all, all camp, right? Outside zone, outside zone. Oh, my God. Can they run that, that zone run scheme and all that kind of stuff? And that's where the why comes into play. Because if there was one thing that wasn't broken, it was the Patriots running game. And on the whole, it's been pretty good over the years. And I'm sure there was more than just Mac Jones asking, hey, why are we doing it this way? If you're the center David Andrews and you've been in this offense forever and your ISO run game has been pretty damn good where it's not real complicated to figure out up front, and a lot of double teams up to the second level, and there you go. and Put a 230-pound back back there, and there's five yards in theory until you get somebody who comes in and just says, well, we're going to do it differently because eh, we want to run it differently. It doesn't work for a lot of guys. Yeah, I, I just think it's uh, like my car has this uh, this like uh, I'm sure maybe your truck does it. Did good you get a fix it. by the way? My car did, looking finally, good now. Finally, yeah. yeah, still running around with an unpaid ticket, but I hope to rectify that. Oh well, that afternoon. was with another license plate. Uh, but the the thing is like so my so it. If I get even close to another car, it's this whole alert system and oh, you bah, got the side things. Yeah, like it totally like they, does. It turn your wheel. It does. Back to I the turn lane. that part off. Yeah, I don't have any of that scary. in my truck. Uh, I don't like it because it, it's always veering me towards another direction. So I turn it off. Um, but it's like if that's what knowing why gives you, it's an alert. This doesn't look right. Like I am about to something bad's about to happen. That's what my car does. It provides me like like a you know a uh, you know pre impact like warning. If you don't recognize how your situation, you are going to get in a wreck. And if you don't have the why, you don't know. You just don't. You are not prepared for it. So even if you are running a simple counter play, if I am a front side blocking tight end running a front frontside, uh, call it, uh, uh, you know, just a front side counterplay where I'm alone blocking because the tackle and the guard need to combo up. Right? I'm solo. I know the why, like what's important is make sure I get my damn feet out of the, the pulling guard's way. Basically be out of the hole so the guard can get yeah, up there. So I can have my block, but I'm in the freaking way. So I can't have a stalemate. Uh, so if I if they go outside, fine. If they go inside, fine. I can't have a stalemate. I can't have my feet in the in the pile because they'll run over me. So I, I, all that stuff is so important, and it's same with the quarterback. So I always thought that like you know the fact that those guys are sharing like and discovering each other. Is what they're doing. Yeah. They're exploring each other's bodies and minds. Well, I wonder how much of it is also Bill O'Brien understanding how much he can push Mac Jones. I mean, considering what Mac went through last year, uh, I would think that there's a little bit of building up at this point with Bill O'Brien. It's the, you know, whenever a good job. Well, and you know what? He needs a little of that, I think. I definitely think Mac needs some of that along with there's got to be the healthy balance. To me, the best coaches are the ones that for every two attaboys they give you, there's the one time where they just dog cuss you and get on your ass. You know what I mean? Where you keep feeding them and you feeding them and you feed them and then there's a screw up or they forget something or it's your best player and they're mixed in with a whole group that had a bad day. And you'd be hardest on the toughest player, right? After a while, Brady got tired of that. Bill, you know, bitching at him in team meetings or whatever in the world it is. But to me, that all, like if you're a coach, you have to spend as much time building them up to critique, to tear down, to then build them back up again. And it felt like last year, they're, the only person who was holding anything up was Mac holding up his end of the verbal bargain with the charade that he was put through last season. Bill never came out and spoke the truth on it. I know it is. There was none of that. Can we get to DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah. There is a part of me that's tickled with this. Because you think it's going to happen. No, because I like being right. And, you know, we had – and and we would have people who would – call in and I'd trade a first and second round pick for this guy. And it's like, stop it. Yeah. That's being a fan. Um, there are people who are listening and they know they are, who would have given up all the draft picks to go get this guy. And then it was, well, he's got to get 15 million, right? Nope. Welcome to the reality of the NFL today. Deandre Hopkins turns 31 years old, which makes it even more difficult for him to get a fair market contract it's just the way it is quarterbacks kickers punters maybe pass rusher maybe maybe but otherwise those are the positions that after 30 you're really not scrutinized the way you are at other spots and now I'm starting to read this stuff that you know well DeAndre's starting to lose a little bit of a step and he's not the high-end number one that he used to be and all this kind of stuff and no one is running to give him fifteen million dollars a year, and I know that we got a couple of folks in the Twitch chat who are like, you know, well, Chicago can overpay. That the, the league, on the whole, is not run by idiots. You know, they know whenever there's an asset that is depressed a little bit, no fans would be the ones to say, give him thirty million. These people in the league are like, yeah, no. They're all taking their time with DeAndre Hopkins. What's your read on this situation right now with D Hop? Because he is roaming the NFL countryside, supposedly waiting for a massive check that it may or may not come. Yeah, it's, I feel like the the longer it goes on, the better chance you got of landing him. I would I would agree. Look, right? the Patriots right now, if they wanted to, with a no frills contract, with the cap space they have. They could give DeAndre Hopkins a one-year deal at 10 million give him a 5 million signing bonus and then build in the Benjamin other 5 senders. million however you want. They they realistically could could do that right now and not have to touch any contracts. And if there's one thing the team has been resistant in doing, it is having it is going back and repurposing contracts to go get a player like this. They it, honestly they could do it in one fell swoop go extend Henry for two more years, cook the books a little bit, carve out four more million in cap space, turn around and give Hopkins one for ten if you want to. You still go in with about six million in cap space. Yeah, I I, I mean, if two if they people to. want to get a deal done and it's not like this extreme, like if it's a win-win type of situation, whatever, or if it's close to that, they will find the money, they will get the deal done. I, think? Don't think, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen two sides negotiate where both sides want to get a deal done and they don't get it done. Why do you think teams have not rushed to this guy considering there was a lot of narrative of, well, this is an impact dude. This is a guy that some people would have been willing to trade at top 15 draft pick for. I, I do. So he's not in the sweet spot where he's in his 20s. Nope. He's in his 30s. He's still really good. But I do think there is like a, an age gap time frame like Ezekiel Elliott also who just they just are not dying to get you. Right. And they there is an aspect of they want to deal. They want to deal at this point. In oh, time. that's Pre- what this and C is, already went on. Draft that's already this is went turning on. Into. We want to deal. We don't want to pay a top dollar for you. And you were hurt last year and this and that. And you are he's still really good. That's to me, is funny. I wouldn't believe any. If you hear any team or any agent who spoke to a GM at some point in time, that team wants to sign, but they want to de- devalue him and decrease what he could be paid. So they want to set a different narrative about how much he is so they can be like, listen, dude, nobody's going to pay you this. It's all out there. Well, like everybody's talking. And the other thing, too, which is why I said they kind of did him dirty by letting him go this late. You know, look at look at Buffalo and Kansas City. I'm sure they'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins. They have to jump through major hoops contractually within their roster to be able to free up the money to be able to get this done. For for some of the real high end teams, I think the ship has sailed. Hell, Buffalo gave money to what was it uh i almost said leonard floyd uh but it but they they just gave more money to a pass rusher for god's sake it was leonard floyd it was okay yeah. thank you i yeah, mean i was like wait that is the it yeah. yeah so they doubled down on adding another pass rusher because maybe they know von miller isn't going to be able to make it through and that was the one thing they needed to Last possibly year, get through the postseason yeah. but even the teams with a ton of money you know I like supposedly D-Hop wanted Houston. I guess Houston doesn't want anything to do with the guy. So there's always like the league view, there's the analyst view, and then there's the fan view of it. The fans would give up anything to get the guy because he's a big name. I think media people are a little more measured, but there is the fan in you that comes out that says, boy, wouldn't it be nice? And it would be here in New England, let's be real. Because here, he would not have to have the ball thrown to him 175 times over the course of the season, it might actually extend the guy's season a little bit more. But the people in the league are telling us a lot of what we need to know about what they think about DeAndre Hopkins. If he he does, if they're lucky enough, and I'm, like, getting caught up in it too, I'm trying to feel – I'm trying to, like – I'm convincing myself that it's going to happen because it would be great. He will get 120 targets. He's not coming here for 50 targets. He's your number one guy. You're feeding him constantly – and because he will have rebirth, he will have a, a re-energized like look on his career. And you've got to feed him. He's so you not know an eighty-target guy. No, he isn't. But you know what you described though. If he got to, so if you went in a seventeen-game regular season, he played all seventeen games. You multiply that by seven per game, and now you're looking at what's that? A hundred and nineteen targets, I think. Yeah, I said hundred twenty. Like He's a so hundred twenty guy. Seven a game. That's not insane. That's nothing. And you, in theory, if he's upright and you get a matchup, he is the kind of guy who can't peel back, you know, go back in time and give you 11 catches for 150 and a touchdown in the playoffs. And break it down even further. So if it's seven, just call it two per quarter. Right. That's it. Two? Like, I mean, now, if you're not getting any possessions, I mean, that's a little bit different. Hell, he probably gets two red zone throws a game absolutely two years ago jacoby myers had 126 targets i think he can crack that no yeah but it's a different offense too but yeah he will most definitely crack that. well i think the further i think the further discussion that we might need to get into is if you brought in hopkins how does it all fit because juju really isn't an outside receiver and do you play hopkins opposite of uh Devante parker or in place of Devonte parker So there's making all the pieces sort of uh, come together as well.